The Lifestylist, episode 97, featuring Jaya. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. Today's episode with our guest Jaya does contain adult themes and language, so please be mindful if listening to this with fragile ears in the near vicinity. This episode is rated R. Before we jump into this episode, let's have a quick heads up for a few of my upcoming speaking and teaching appearances. First up is Aspen Shakti on Friday, October 27th at 6 p.m. in the lovely and quite chilly by now Aspen, Colorado. That night I'll be presenting my workshop on modern spirituality and how to overcome negative thoughts and emotions. You can go to aspenshakti.com to register. That's Friday, October 27th at 6 p.m. at Aspen Shakti. Then come join me that same weekend, October 26th through 29th for the incredible Lead with Love Conference, also in Aspen. This epic event is sponsored by the nonprofit Aspen Wellbeing and features world-class yoga, curated workshops, music, and the healthiest food you've ever had in your life. Come take in classes and lectures with me, Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, and tons of other high-vibe spiritual teachers and enlightened human beings. The special day for me is going to be October 29th, which is my 47th birthday, where you can come chill with me as I lead a special Amp Coil Harmonizing Meditation sponsored by the Wellness for Humanity Foundation. It's going to be a really special day because Aspen is the city in which I was conceived in 1970. So I'm going back full circle to do a string of events there. I'm really excited. To register for Lead with Love, here's what you do. Go to leadwithloveaspen.org and use the promo code LUKESTORY to save $100 off your four-day pass. Then right when I get back from the Rocky Mountain Tour, I'm going to be presenting my Lifestyle Design Level 1 Urban Biohacking Boot Camp Workshop at Noy House Hollywood. That's November 2nd, 2017 from 2.30 to 3.30 p.m. Now, this is going to be a free event, but space is limited and you must RSVP. To register for the Noya House event, go to lukestory.com forward slash events. Okay, then next up after that is the fantastic Mercado Sagrado in Malibu Canyon on November 4th and 5th, where I'll be presenting Elemental Alchemy, biohacking your water, air, earth, and light. I can't wait to be presenting at this event. I've gone there for a few years now, and I love it as a spectator. I have a feeling I'm going to love it even more, getting up on stage, spitting some game. So what is Mercado Sagrado? Here you go. It's a lifestyle celebration of the canyon spirit featuring musical performances, handmade and artisan goods, organic food, lectures, workshops, film screenings, experimental activities such as intuitive readings, sound baths, aura photography, vibrational medicine, and more. As you can imagine, this is my kind of event. It's a real hippie get down in the canyon. It's amazing. Seriously, though. If you want to come to Mercado Sagrado, go to mercado-sagrado.com to get your ticket. And by all means, 
means if you forget all of the links and dates that I just mentioned, please make it easy on yourself and just go to lukestory.com forward slash events where I always have the upcoming events listed as well as links for registration, times, dates, locations, and all that jazz. So again, go to lukestory.com forward slash events and come hang out with me in person. I'd really like to meet you. Gentle ladies and gentlemen, what's up? It's Luke Story coming back at you with a bonus episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. And I emphasize the word bone, and you'll see why in a minute. This special episode was recorded live in front of a studio audience at the Bulletproof Coffee Shop in downtown LA on October 12th, 2017. It was my kickoff party for the fifth annual Bulletproof Conference, which just ended. It was fantastic. A great time was had by all. I, of course, banged out three more interviews at the conference. Those will be coming out soon. Special surprise guest, I'm not going to tell you now. But anyway, on to today's show. As I said in the beginning, this show definitely features some racy language. So please just turn it off right now if you find that offensive. If not, then dig in. Our guest today is none other than the sexy and infamous Jaya, a woman I've been trying to get on the show for quite some time. Our schedules finally met up. She came down and wowed our audience with her erotic blueprints breakthrough. Jaya is the creator of this erotic blueprints test that I've taken. It's kind of an erotic personality type test. And it helps you to experience deeper connection and better sex. And I've got to say, it really does. It's good to know oneself. And Jaya not only created this amazing test, she's also an internationally recognized somatic sexologist. She's the author of four books, including the best-selling Red Hot Touch, which is currently on my coffee table and has been for quite some time. She's got over two decades of hands-on experience and research in the realms of arousal, turn-on, sustaining passion and sexual communication. She's culminated them into this revolutionary system called the Erotic Blueprints. It is pretty fantastic. And she's just really funny and cool. She's into superfoods and herbs. She's into a lot of the stuff that I'm into. So we just had a great time having a chat in front of the audience. And I have to say, like, this is, of course, you know, a racy episode, but it was really interesting having such an intimate and real and blatantly sexual conversation in front of a room full of people. I don't know how many people, 100 people there or something. And uh, both she and I got, you know, into quite a bit of detail about all things sexual, which for her, I'm sure is quite normal. For me, it was a little bit awkward. And you might even hear that in the episode, but hopefully I I did a good job of acting like I was really cool. We'll see. You'll be the judge. Some of the topics we covered are as follows. What the erotic blueprints are and why it's not only important to know your own, but also those of your partners. How not knowing your erotic blueprint can hurt not only your sex life, but your relationships in general. Then how to learn your own erotic language. You know, how to communicate what your preferences are, what you want, what you like, what you don't want. It's a really key piece of our sexual experience as humans. And Jaya teaches us how to talk about it. Why Jaya believes that there is no such thing as sexual non-compatibility. What to do if sexual chemistry is dead or undetectable and how to bring it back to life. And uh, believe me, she can do it if anyone can. How to create sexual attraction and polarity. The importance of understanding masculine and feminine energy. How to use sex to overcome shame and self-doubt. 
and really to end up uh, accepting yourself and loving yourself for the crazy kinky person that you are. How to tell if you're a sex addict or if you're just a really horny person. How pornography affects the brain and how it can actually ruin your sex life. And finally, what are the top herbs and supplements for sexual arousal and pleasure and how to avoid overdosing on them? So this is a really fun as I said, of course, adult episode, and I had a great time just sharing this information with the crowd, and uh, I'm going to have a really great time sharing this bonus episode with you. But I also want to let you know that Jaya has given us a link here to take the erotic breakthrough yourself. This is a really cool quiz. I actually just took it before I recorded. Uh, my score is as follows, 26% sexual, 21% shapeshifter, 21% kinky, 21% energetic, 10% sensual. You're going to find out exactly what that means in this episode. If you want to find out your own, here's what you do. Listen up. Get ready to pause this, write this down. You definitely want to take this test if you are someone who wants to have good sex in your life, okay? It's eroticbreakthrough.com forward slash Luke to take this free test. And honestly, it takes maybe five, eight minutes. It's really fast and the results are instantly available to you. Go to eroticbreakthrough.com forward slash Luke. And by all means, don't forget to tune in next Tuesday for number 98 with Aaron and Geneva Bigelow from Amp Coil, where we talk about the power of biofeedback, frequency technology, and overcoming Lyme and autoimmune issues. That's number 98 next Tuesday. If you want to make sure you don't miss that episode or any episode to follow, all you got to do is click subscribe. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you thoroughly enjoy this tantalizing interview with the lovely and sexy Jaya. Welcome to the Lifestylers Podcast, Jaya. It's such a pleasure. Yes, everything you do is a pleasure. It's I have a feeling. all about pleasure. So those of you listening uh, at home, we have a live audience here. We are at the Bulletproof Conference kickoff party. I've instructed the audience to keep it down, but we don't know if they're going to be able to do that. So if you're hearing a bit of background noise, we are in the Bulletproof Coffee Shop in downtown LA, so please forgive the sound of those listening to this podcast later. But aside from that, I'm really happy to interview you. Should we start with pleasure first? Let's do it. Okay, we, start, we have to start everything with pleasure first in my world. Okay, I'm down. Okay, so I want you all to feel into your bodies right now. And what we do oftentimes when we feel into our bodies, we look for where there's pain. But I actually want you to look for where there's pleasure in your body right now. Maybe you feel a little tingle in your pelvis. Or maybe it's a breath in your chest. And what I want you to do is ask the question, how can this moment become even more pleasurable? And just go ahead and do that thing that makes it even more pleasurable. Maybe that's a little neck roll or it's a deepening of your breath. Or it's, maybe it's a little touch. I give you permission right now, all of us, we can all touch our bodies. So maybe it's just touching your belly, or touching your leg, squeezing somewhere in your body. I'm just throwing a few things out. Maybe it's contracting and relaxing your pelvic floor. No one knows that you're doing it. So you can squeeze and release those muscles. And just find a little pleasure first. Okay, I feel ready to start. It just takes me a little second. I love that. Usually when I interview people in person and there's not an audience, we'll kind of meditate for a moment. I've owned with people. Like, I like to check in because I get so excited before Have you the interview. owned, meaning orgasmic meditation? I've done owned? that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we could maybe talk about that later if there's any volunteers. 
<laughs> it's fun stuff. I do do live demonstrations. Awesome. So That's the weird thing. Time. When I did my home training, orgasmic meditation, I didn't know it was going to happen there. I thought, oh, we're going to learn it, and then you take it home and do it with your willing partner. And they're like, cool, lady gets on the table, clitoris out, stuff starts happening. Surprise. It was pretty dope. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up doing it in a room full of people, too. There you go. It was like a partially clothed orgy. Pretty cool. I was saying I needed somebody to own me or own with me, I guess is the correct language, everywhere I go before I get on stage. So oh, yeah, that's I, a, I bring a lover with that's me. That's a great <laughs> idea. I need to adopt that practice. That's amazing. Actually. Calms the nervous system. Okay, so as we get into the episode here, how did you get into this? I mean, what, what did you do before you became a sexologist and, you know, a hands-on sex coach and therapist and expert and all the stuff that you do now? Like, where, were you ever just a regular person? No. No? <laughs> no? What a feeling. It started with, I show you mine, you show me yours. Some people are gifted in drums. I was gifted in sex. I taught everyone about where babies came from, all of that stuff. I wanted to be Dr. Ruth when I was a little girl. Wow. So, so here it, was, I am. it was an early calling. It was an early calling. I've like, been at it for two decades. When now. you got out of high school, did you ever have a normal day job? Like, do you work at like the Claim Jumper or Home Depot or some shit? Mm -hmm. Or you just like no. went right into this? I was an entrepreneur, so I had my own business. I worked at a bookstore for a little while, of course, in the sexuality section. Right. But, uh, yeah, and, and I was I was an exotic dancer. As soon as I turned 18, I couldn't wait to become an exotic dancer. Where I used was to that? tell people the key to enlightenment was between my legs. Wow, goddamn. Yeah. And where was that? <laughs> oh, that was in Ohio. I grew up in Ohio. I was okay. a farm girl. Wow. Yeah. So how Dancing did all with this, the goats. How did all this interest in sex go over with the community and the culture there? My mom was really open-minded, so I had a very open-minded mom, but I grew up Catholic, so that, that was interesting. I would dance and then go sing in church in the morning. Yeah. Do you think the repressive nature of Catholicism had an impact on you rebelling against that and really exploring your sexuality, or was it just a natural thing that I, happened no matter what? It was a very natural thing that happened no matter what. It wasn't reactionary. I would say I shut down a lot of things due, that were natural inclinations in me and in my body, and I think a lot of us have had those experiences of shame and shutdown in our bodies, and that came more from upbringing, culture, religion. Right. Did you have to undo that as you started to explore? I'm like, still undoing it. You are? Even yeah. today. You know, I think one of the things is we're, we're all a work in progress. I don't think I'll ever be done with this. And that, that to me is mastery, that I'm constantly course correcting. I'm constantly finding those little areas of shame, those little bits and pieces that then can enhance my pleasure. One of my things is what is erotically possible? What is, it, what is possible for me to do with this body, with this instrument? And I continue that exploration. I think I've reached all that's possible. Like, okay, 100 orgasms, that's pretty good. 20 hours of sex straight, that's pretty good. But there's always a next level, and I'm always seeking. What's, what's the next. highest number of orgasms you've had in a 24-hour period? Oh, my goodness. I, I, see, I can have orgasms just by thinking about it, so uh, it's really easy for me. I can just Women like that are cool. Go <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun to play with, isn't it? Yeah, so so I can I can literally just can keep myself in perpetual state of orgasm, but I can also start having climaxes within that. So I could just play with, and my partners here, um, we could even demonstrate if, if we want to at some point, because I can literally go into orgasm within thirty seconds. Without really, let's do that at the end. That would be okay. awesome. Okay, I don't fin know how grand finale. I love Are that. you up for it, lover? Let's go for it. He's I don't know how that it. translates into audio, but I think it'll be tantalizing and interesting. You, so you could do, do the playback, like sports. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. And now Ian is touching her in her nether regions. Okay. Or non-touching me in my nether regions. Yeah. Pulling that's the, the string so of the, something. So the etheric 
realm of sexuality too. Mm-hmm. You're very interesting. I like this. Isn't this cool, you guys? I love this. This is my job. I mean, one of my jobs is I get to interview fantastic people like this. And it's, I get to have orgasms. It's so day. fun. Yeah, your job might be better, actually. <laughs> now that I think about it. Like, wait a minute, is mine that awesome? No. I think you've got me there. All right, so one thing I want to talk about is your erotic blueprint. As we were discussing before the, the event started, I'm one that's obsessed with like personality tests and assessment tests. I've taken yours, it was maybe a year ago. Our friend in the audience uh, actually uh, turned me on to it and then came over and ran me through like an advanced version of it. And I found it fascinating because I think that we all do have uh, tendencies in all areas of life and certain propensities where we um, lean one way or another. And I found your test was very accurate for me. And I've also like had the idea to make potential lovers do it too. (laughs) So I can like assess where they are ahead of time, but I haven't done that yet, but I want to learn. Um, but I'm really into all of those personality tests, Myers-Briggs, Strength Finders, DISC, even like the really, the corporate ones like that. Yeah, they're very useful. And so tell us about how you came up with it and what it is. So I spend a lot of time with people's bodies and because I'm a somatic sexologist, I'm actually working in the field of sexuality, like watching how people get aroused. What, how does their body respond to certain kinds of touch? And I started noticing patterns over time of like, okay, this person's turned on when I don't touch them. This one person's turned on when I do. This person's turned on when I do this. But it was really actually born out of my own pain. So my, part, my lover, Ian, who's here, we've been together for over a decade. I had a new baby. How many of you have had uh, a baby or parents? Any, any parents in the house? So I, I had a new baby, and our sex life went in the tanker. And I've heard that that's common. Yep, three years of a lot of pain. For me as a sexologist, I don't know if any of you feel this way, when you're incongruent with your work, like when you eat a big pizza and you feel incongruent with I like, do that all the time. Message. I'm like Mr. Health Guy and I'll like drop a whole pack of like a king-size M&Ms and I'm like, God, I hope none of my podcast listeners see me at the gas station. <laughs> right. Right. So here I am, not having sex with my partner. I, I feel it. completely incongruent. I'm rolling over a bed, weeping and sobbing at night because I've been rejected again. I can't get him, you know, I'm trying everything, strip tease, I'm stricken, sticking my butt out, I'm doing, you know, the, the whole thing. And I can't get him interested in sex. And I'm the sex goddess. That's weird because, you know, married guys that I know that have kids, they're like, oh, dude, my wife had the baby, she like cut me off. It seems like, is it not more often that the woman is like, nah, I'm, I'm into the baby zone, like get away from me? It can be because of biological state, you know, I mean, the, the biochemical state that a woman goes into, she's breastfeeding, she's got prolactin, there's all of that inhibiting drive. But for me, I am one of the types that has a crazy high drive. I'm dopamine driven. I love sex. I need sex. It is, it is like breath and air to me. And my partner is wired very differently. And you'll see as I talk about the blueprints, I'll keep weaving the story in because it's actually a story of triumph because we have a hot, juicy sex life. And I had to figure out, I had a hack. How do I get him turned on quickly? Because I'm a quick turner oner. And he wasn't, at least at that time. He was more interested in sleeping because he was exhausted than having sex. But there was a turnaround. So that's where the blueprints came out of. Would you like to hear what they are? Yeah, I love these. They're very cool. Okay, so I want everybody to kind of be thinking about what they may be, and maybe we'll play with a little bit of touch here, and we can describe it for the listeners. Are there any kids in here? 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no one's under 18. I should totally have checked that earlier. <laughs> if you're, and by the way, uh, those listening to the podcast that's going to come out later, obviously now might be a good time to get you know kids or anyone that is easily triggered or offended or has their ears hurt because we might swear and talk about genitalia yeah, and stuff. I'm going to say F with bombs if that's okay. Do, it. Do your thing. Right? No, we keep it real on my show. I just warn people in case they're like in the car with their eight-year-old. And right. The first blueprint is the energetic blueprint. And these are people who are turned on by space, anticipation, tease, belonging, and yearning. So if you feel something with your hand way off your body, and as you get closer, you start to feel a lot of sensation. Everybody try it. Just kind of put your hand above your arm. And notice if you feel something like way out here, maybe it's a heat or a tingle. And as you come closer, like where do you start to feel sensation? So everybody, try this at home. We're getting closer and closer to your arm, and then just kind of feeling the hairs on your arm, and just notice the sensation. Some people might even get a little shiver or like a tingle in their bodies as they're playing with this. That is perfect. That may mean that you are an energetic. So energetics are turned on by non-touching, by lots of space in between bodies. And in their shadow, they can actually short circuit because it's too much too fast. Actually, their nervous systems are like tentacles that reach out, you know, I can feel everything outside the room. I can feel what's happening in other people's bodies. I have like extrasensory perception. But if you go to my clitoris too much, too quick, too fast, I'm gonna short circuit, turn off, and not actually be able to feel you anymore. So if there's too much closeness, I short circuit because it's overwhelmed for my nervous system. Another aspect of the energetic is that we can be hierarchical. So we think we're better than everyone else. I'm more enlightened and I have superpowers because I can have orgasms without touching and you eat hamburgers and watch television. That kind of attitude of hierarchy or you watch porn and therefore you are base and not okay or you like this kind of sex and therefore you're lower or less than me. So that would be how an energetic may think if they're in their shadow. Ready for the next one? Let's do it, okay. I'm with you. This so, is cool stuff, right? So is, it, is anyone hearing? Has anyone? You don't have to raise your hand, whatever. But is anyone like, oh, I'm that type? Who, who's brave and thinks they may be an energetic or did the test? Okay, cool. Because this, this is the one I remember when I did the test. I was like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. That shit is like so not me. That is so boring. So grand finale, you're going to be shocked All right. at how not boring Okay, good, good. Awesome. Please, school me. Okay, so, so sensual is someone who's turned on by closeness. So they're kind of opposite of the energetic in that we like full body. And you can even see me changing my body, you know, as I'm going into these blueprints, it's like, sensual is this, it smells, it sounds, it's taste, it's the music, it's the rapture of touch, it's full body orgasm. Whereas the energetic is like, I can think myself to orgasm, essential is, I could eat an amazing drink, I could eat an amazing drink, I can drink an amazing drink and go into orgasm from the taste of something. Or I had someone tell me a story about how they were listening to Carmina Burana. Anybody listen to know that Carmina Burana? Um, and just go into orgasm as a teenager. It was their first orgasmic experience. And so that can be energetic, but it can also be very sensual in that that is coming from the sensuality of the environment or the sounds. On the shadow side, hypervigilant mind. The mind is constantly thinking, Oh my God, he's been down between my legs for a really long time. I hope it's okay down there. I hope he doesn't have a crook in his neck. Maybe he needs some biomechanical adjustments. 
Um, so, so there are there are things in the mind, the socks on the floor, that distract us, start yelling at us, that we stop not feeling our pleasure. So we're not feeling pleasure because we're in our minds thinking about what happened at work or that phone call that we forgot. I'm familiar with this type, I think. Is this the girl who like needs the lighting right, needs the music yes. right, needs incense, needs candles, like needs a whole setting, and then you can proceed? And then you proceed. Right. So Ian has a secondary sensual, my partner, and uh, I, this one does not register for me. So if you come cuddle with me and you're all close to me, I'm like, what, what, what are we doing? Like, what's going on? I don't understand. And I, I don't get the hint. So here Ian is coming to bed, cuddling with me, and I'm like, oh, and I go, do you want to fuck? And he rolls over and goes to sleep. So there's disconnect <laughs> okay. there. You know? I hope some of this stuff is fixable, because what if you fall in love with someone that's not the right thing? That's a great question. So we think that we're incompatible sexually. So many people come and complain. I'm incompatible with this person that I've fallen in love with. We love each other, but we're just not having the sex anymore. Or we were incompatible from the start. Incompatibility is a myth when it comes to sexuality. It's not that you're incompatible. Think about languages. So if you speak French and I speak a beautiful like Japanese language, something like that, if you fell in love with me, would you go, sorry, we just speak different languages. We're incompatible as human beings. No, you would say, wow, I'm really in love with you. I'm going to learn how to speak Japanese because I think I, I really love this connection that we have. It's just like learning a language. You can learn how to become any of these blueprints, and that's why Ian and I's story has a happy ending. Cool. Okay. Good, good to know. Yeah. Okay, next one. Yes. Everybody ready? Yes. Okay, so next one is the sexual. And this is like your American English. So this is the, the, I'm turned on, I have so much joy. Look at me, I sit up. I'm primarily a sexual, if you haven't guessed. We like nudity. We like to get to the point, which the point is penetration for me and orgasm. I like my orgasms. I like my climaxes. I like naked bodies. I've come to bed naked. My poor sensual partner is like, there's no mystery in that, Jaya. You're naked. And I grab his crotch and say, I grab his cock, actually, not just his crotch. I'm grabbing his cock and saying, I want to fuck. He's completely turned off. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> so I, I ask him to do 90 days of oral sex and I have resistance. I was like, what is wrong with this man? Because I'm speaking my own language, right? Where I'm speaking my own language. I'm trying to give from my language. I want to receive in my language. Shadow side of the sexual is limited definition of sex. We think it's something in something. We think it's, I need to have an erection. She needs it to be wet. We need to have climax and penetration or else it's not successful sex. However, the challenge with that is, you know, I have clients who had prostate surgery and all the nerves were cut. No longer erection. What do we do then? Well, I teach them how to become orgasmic energetically and then they can have orgasms all, all different ways. So you can wire the body for any kind of orgasmic experience. That's the good news. Would you say that it's more the sexual that you just described, that type, that blueprint, would you say that that's more common with men? Because based on myself and the guys I know, like I think all the homies are like, yeah, I'm like that. Like, 
We, we can bone in like a fucking porta potty at Coachella. Like we're good to go. Let's oh, do. You know sensual. what I mean? Did you all just cringe? <laughs> all the sensual's like. Oh. Like, I need no setting, no preparation, no vibes. Like just chemistry, and we're good. Uh-huh. So, do you think you're an exception, and that you're kind of like just ready to roll? No, or actually. A lot of women like uh, there's that. women shaking their heads, going, "I think there's other women who relate to me." Yeah. We've had thirty thousand people now fill out the quiz online. And what we're finding is that it is not that all men are sexual, and this is the mythology out there, and I think this is why there's so much breakdown in sexuality, is that people are given for the, the gender that is female, go home, light candles, make a hot bath. You do that for me, I'm gonna vomit on your shoes. So, so I, don't, I don't want that. But if you say, let's fuck, I'm gonna be happy. There are men who are energetic. There are men who are sensual. There are men who are one of the other ones, the kinky I'm gonna to get to. And there are people who are all this. What we're finding out is the majority of people are not sexually wired. It's just a product of the culture. Yeah. Would you say that, and we're, I wanna definitely cover porn at some point, because that's uh-huh. important to talk about. Would you say that because we are at this point in our cultural evolution and just technological evolution, that porn's had a huge impact on shaping each of our sexual blueprints? It can, and definitely has an effect on the brain, especially if it's something that's consumed on a regular basis. It creates somatic habit. So if you're in the somatic habit of sitting a certain way in front of a computer and doing a certain motion, then you will get into somatic habit and you train your body to be wired to pleasure in that way. So how are your, the question is always, how are you training your brain? I think that it can be used, especially in enhancement for couples, but to realize and recognize that porn is not good sex education, um, and to watch ethical porn if you are watching porn, because there is non-ethical, just like in our food choices, there's non-ethical porn, and there's very ethical porn, feminist porn. Organic biodynamic porn. (laughs) Organic, non-GMO That has real sounds, you want real sounds, because that wires your brain. Okay, okay. I'm gonna I wanna go back into that, but I was just I was thinking that perhaps we might be sort of warped by, you know, in other words, our blueprints could be skewed by early exposure to pornography and stuff like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's the next one? The next one is kinky. So when you think about kinky, just go to what you think about, and then I wanna rewind and say it's not necessarily about that. So kinky is about whatever's taboo for you. And that could be sex out of missionary position for some people, it could be anal, could be uh, power dynamics, so there's a psychological bent to it. Some people are very psychological oriented and some people are more oriented towards sensation. Ian's primary blueprint, I think he's 42, 43% kinky. And he's really owning his kinky. So thank you, Lover, for owning your kinky. It's hard for kinkies to own that they're kinky because their shadow is shame. So uh, psychological is all about power dynamic. It's don't talk, don't look at me. I want you to stand over there in the corner and pop that hip. It's a game play that could be part of it. That's, a, that's just one example. It's a huge, vast world. I could teach on kink ad nauseum for the rest of my life and not teach everything there is to teach or learn. And then the, the people who love sensation, it might be this, the feeling of constriction. For my partner Ian, it's extreme constriction, the feeling of really being held tight, constricted ropes, straps, that kind of play. Everybody take a breath, because I can feel everybody stop breathing. <sighs> Good, thank you for that breath. And sensation could also be intense impact. Spanking, slapping, choking play, holding somebody down. All of that, of course, done with consent, where everybody is saying yes, and consciousness. Yeah, shadow side is deep shame. 
I like weird stuff. I'm not okay. Something must be wrong, broken. I want to tell every single one of you, all of you is normal. And I know some of you may be thinking, but not my thing, not my labia, not my cock, not my anus, not my weird thing that I like to do. It's none of it's weird. It's all normal. I talked to a bazil I mean, I've talked to thousands and thousands and thousands of audiences, thousands of people in my private practice and online in our communities. You are all normal. None of you is broken or wrong or bad, and you're also all enough. So I just want to lay that found foundation because I think a lot of people feel like I'm failing in some way. I'm not enough, and therefore we kind of act out of that place of I'm not normal, I'm weird, or I'm broken. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Good message. You could yeah. just like drop mic, boom, right there. <laughs> boom. But we can't because we have more to cover. Okay. All right, is there another Shapeshifter is the yeah. last one. Okay. This is the one that I was. You're a When I took the test, yeah. Okay, with like a little bit of sensual that needs some development Perhaps. maybe? Maybe. Perhaps, sure. Because you can have sex in like a poorer body. Pretty much anywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anywhere, anytime. Yeah. It's very sexual of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, me too. But so, yeah, and like the, the setting, just I can't make it matter. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if someone needs that, I'm like, cool, well, whatever. But right. like. But maybe yours shows up more in touch. The candles. Like music like the, or something. I don't care about all no. that. The setting is meaningless. Meaningless. It's nice if it's nice, but whatever. So we'll develop, we'll, we'll work on that. Cool, all. that's okay. great. I'm sure my future lovers will appreciate we'll that. We'll appreciate that very much. Okay, so shapeshifters turned on by everything. They're the most erotically sophisticated and erotically intelligent of all of the blueprints. They are the hedonist in the best sense of the word. So they want it all. They want everything all at the same time. It can't, it can't be too much. It can't be too much sex. It can't be too much sensation. It can't be too much pleasure. On the shadow side of the sensual is that most of their lives they've been told that they're too much. You're too big. You're too loud. You want too much. You demand too much. Life is not a smorgasbord, someone said to me once. I didn't like that very much. I think life is a smorgasbord, and definitely in sexuality is a smorgasbord. So... Shapeshifters are someone who can speak all the erotic languages, but in their shadow, they shapeshift to please other people. And so they can usually shapeshift into, let me shapeshift into being an energetic, or let me shapeshift into being kinky. And therefore, I've never really fed in my own eroticism, and that can build resentment in their bodies. So they're the most starving, I think, out of all the blueprints, because to get some, a lover who can do all of it and feed them in all those ways can be, it's like the blood type they can give to everybody, but may not be able to give, get everything in return. Awesome. Are you guys hearing yourselves in, in some of these? Yeah? Yeah. What can we do to, I mean, we can take the test, right? Mm -hmm. Say we're in a relationship with someone and we feel that the sexual part of the relationship is lacking. How can we benefit by understanding our own type and the type that our lover possesses and how can we work with that to work with what we've got? Mm -hmm. So understanding your type one, you can take the quiz, which will be, you'll put a link somewhere. Yeah. So take the quiz and then talk about it. You know, learn about your type. So the next step after you learn your type is learn how to feed the type. So it's learning how to speak that language. So it's feeding and speaking. So I'm going to talk to a sexual with, I want to touch a cock. But I'm gonna to talk to an energetic saying, I feel so deeply connected to you. I feel this energy weaving and moving between us. Would you like to make love? It's a very, very different language than, than the other blueprints. So how do you feed them? How do you speak them? How do you heal the shadow parts of that blueprint, the things that really block us from our turn on? 
and then expand, expand by learning how to speak the other blue, the, how to speak the other blueprints. So you're essentially becoming those blueprints. I myself am still not a shapeshifter. I am highly sexual, and I just took the quiz this morning, and I was mostly sexual, then energetic. When I'm not in a relationship, I'm more energetic than sexual because I don't know the person as well. And then I am a little sensual, barely shapeshifter, and zero kinky. Do you see the problem with my partner and I? He is highly kinky, highly sensual, shapeshifter, energetic, and zero sexual on his quiz. So when we reconcile this, we learn. Now we can laugh because we know each other's blueprints. We can get, one night he was doing energetic sex on me, totally teasing my vulva. He's right over my genital area, just teasing me, teasing me. And then he just leaves. Energetics, that's like the most awful thing. It's like taking, I'm pulling a light socket, you know, like right out of the thing. And so he left me and I'm like, what are you doing? And he goes, it's just my sensual. I need to fix the music. And, and I could crack up laughing. Instead of being pissy and resentful, we now have a language to talk about. And now he offers his cock up to me. He did it just before I, I got up here. He said, do you need a little cock before you go up? Because he knows it resources me. So we were, see we were being secret in the room. <laughs> we're in a restaurant, you realize. <laughs> 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 health, health inspector. Uh, I hope he's not around. <laughs> I'm sure it was outside in the car, of course. So, so like, you know, I always go back to these like corporate tests because it's, it's very similar, you know, you, it's like a multiple choice kind of thing and you go through and you get to the end and bling, you get your answer. Mm -hmm. And in like in a corporate environment, it's very useful to understand, say your business partner or your subordinate or your boss, like how they think and you can sort of draw out their strengths, draw out your strengths. And then where people have sort of deficiencies, you can allow for that and you can anticipate for that and find where you fit. And I, I find that to be very useful. So I'm sensing in this way, you sense where you're lacking a little bit. He senses where he's lacking a little, not a lacking is not the right word, mm -hmm. but just where you're more, uh, where you're you know, more dominant, developed. where you're more developed or more dominant in a certain style. Right? And I think we attract a partner who's developed in the areas we aren't. So that it's like a completion of our sexuality. It's like, oh, now I'm completed because I have, I have the ability now to speak kinky the ability to speak sensual, I'm working on sensual, that's the one I'm expanding into right, right. now, and eventually I'll work on shapeshifter, shapeshifter scares me the most. In my, in my work, I'm fine, right. but in my personal sexuality, that's gonna be an edge for me. Okay, because I think I'm finding something here, and that is the difference between like a skill assessment in more of a corporate environment where you're working with coworkers, because I've experienced this, once you actually learn the other person's strengths and weaknesses, then you, you fit each other like a glove and you fill in for each other. So it's like the opposite attract kind of principle applies yes. where you become one complete whole yes. and it works great. So like when I hire someone, for example, I never hire someone that has my personality type because it's redundant and annoying because they're like a space cadet like me. Right, I need you don't a, want two dominance. Yeah, I need, a, I need a focused fucking nerd on my team, you know? And my business partner's like super strategic and organized and always on time and is a morning person. We're totally opposites, but we've worked together really well for mm -hmm. nine years because we learned how to not annoy each other and celebrate each other's differences. However, with sexual partners, I've found the ones that are opposite of me that I, like you're saying, where I have to sort of like, wow, I need to learn this other side of it. It doesn't work out so well on a sexual front that when I meet someone who's just like me and a woman's like, we're on the same page, it's fucking 
off the charts, mm -hmm. but ends up being ultimately dysfunctional in the whole of the relationship. Like, it's almost too much. Mm -hmm. Like, the sex just is too much, and it just gets crazy. There's a mythology that if we're the same, that's better. And I would say, right. not really. We need the polarity. Well, we that's need, okay. This is the missing link. We need the dynamic. We need the, we need the opposites attract. I need his, I'm a very dark, feminine, in-control energy. I need his surrender and his light and his masculinity. We, we dance in all of the polarity. And the blueprints are another place of polarity for us. I'm very sexual, he's very kinky or sensual, you know, so we're playing and dancing. And I will say that he has fully developed and learned energetic. So if we do the grand finale, you'll see what that is. All, right, all right, good. We'll do that. <laughs> so you mentioned something about that you don't believe in incompatibility sexually between partners. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm assuming that all of this applies to same-sex partners too, right? Because it's all just energy. It's, yeah, it's all just same energy. Same shit. Okay, yep. so that just that kind of went without saying to me, but it's worth mentioning. Mm -hmm. So... If there's no such thing as incompatibility, what about just on a pure chemistry level? Like, I knew you, were gonna ask you know what I'm question. saying? Like, if I try to like make out with my girl cousin, I probably like wouldn't get excited because we don't have chemistry. Mm -hmm. We're like something there just naturally doesn't work. Hopefully, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yes. I feel like I've been with women and there's intimacy, there's love, there's closeness, but there just isn't that like spark. And it doesn't seem like it was because we didn't understand each other's energetic types or blueprints mm -hmm. like that it's just like literally chemically we're just like there's four areas we need to look at okay one is physical how okay. the physical bodies meld meet there's biochemistry okay you actually have a nerve in your nose have you heard of cranial nerve zero no cranial nerve zero picks up pheromones and actually reads the immune signature of the other person however birth control can affect cranial nerve zero i've heard that Did so women on birth the... control can pick a really <laughs> shitty partner to procreate with yeah because that that innate sense is turned off. Yes. Wow. So there's, there was a t-shirt experiment where they had them smell that. Right. And people couldn't smell the pheromones correctly. Right. So it goes into the sex centers of the brain. It reads the immune system to see how well babies, you know, you want to build right. a baby with a really strong immune system. So right. it reads what you don't have. Do you happen to know how long the woman has to be off birth control to turn that back on? I'm not sure. I don't know if the research has been done on that. Because if you were with someone and you wanted to procreate, you would want to like go off birth control for a while and make sure you still dig the guy what chemically, right? What happens is people lose attraction for their partner when they go off of it. They're like, right. what's wrong? And it's a it can be a biochemical state. Okay. So there's a biochemistry, physicality, there's an emotionality. So what's happening emotionally? Is there resentment built up in the relationship? What, what's happening with the emotions? Um, or, or are you just an emotional place where drive has dropped? What's going on there? So that, that needs to be taken into account. And then the final one is energetics. And you could not have polarity with someone. So that, you know, polarity, energy, all of that is being taken into account. And there's all things that we can do to increase those levels of attraction with people. We have all kinds of hacks that we teach on creating what we call irresistible magnetic attraction because we lost it, so and, how do we get it back? And do you, have you observed that because of the nature of our culture now, especially in cities like Los Angeles and New York where so many women are very career-driven and proactive and in order to go out and compete in the world, they're very much um, engaged in their masculine energy. Mm -hmm. Do you find that it's difficult for people to match up because the woman doesn't know how to access her feminine energy and create that polarity 
And likewise, that there are now so many sort of feminized men, and I don't mean that in a derogatory sense, just energetically, that are more on that side of the spectrum, and so things are sort of reversed, or you have two things that are the same. I see it as we need polarity, and there's many, many different ways to look at it. Some people call it feminine, masculine, yin, yang, active, receptive, light, and dark energies. There's in control and surrendered energies. I see this as a dance. Okay. that we need to be conscious of. My partner and I, I can go really masculine, and he can go very feminine, and he can also get really masculine, and I can get really feminine. What I think is important is just like knowing your blueprint is knowing where your sweet spot is. My sweet spot, I get into pain if I go too masculine. Like if I'm living 90% masculine because I'm all day like driving business or doing something like that, I need to come home or to a strong masculine energy to help me recalibrate my system because my system energetically doesn't do well with that much running of masculine or, or running of that active, strong, driven energy. So what I think it is for me is more getting conscious of where my sweet spot is and my sweet spot is much more feminine, but I can use my masculine energy when it's appropriate and then how can my partner help me recalibrate and how can we get that polarity and be very conscious of the polarity and conscious of the dance and use that for hot sex. So in that then is the, the key sounds like self-awareness. Self-awareness. Being aware of what energy you're in. So if you're a female and you're a CEO or you're a fucking lawyer and you go out and you crush and you're like, and you're using yeah. that masculine energy, which is fantastic. You get a lot done. In the but, bedroom, it might not be so. But then when you come home and you have a guy who's still in his masculine, you got like no turn on. Right. So you so having little hacks and tools like one of my hacks is just squeezing my thighs together. That's just did you, did you feel that energy? I just squeezed my thigh together. You she's I like. Did. I don't know about you. She's like, <laughs> a couple people. I'll listen. A couple people are turning red right now. <laughs> Men and women, you're good. Um, so <laughs> got both sides. I can play with. I can play with my energy and then just notice what you're attracted to, too, is like, I can also just switch into total masculine and, and go totally like I'm penetrating, or I can play completely soft, completely another way, completely in the energy. So it's, it's an ability to be able to shapeshift and know where home is and having a partner who can play with you in that way and create that polarity. If I could teach one thing about sexuality, it would be awareness. Body awareness, consciousness, having that awareness that gives you unlimited freedom of your sexuality. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I interviewed a woman named Elena Brower the other day, a really famous, fantastic yogi in New York City. And I was asking her that because she dominates in business. I mean, she just crushes, but her energy is still very feminine and fluid. She's like super yogi. And I was like, how do you do that thing out in the world? And she has a fantastic relationship and a kid. And she's like very much a woman in the most feminine sense. But she also crushes. Like, how do you do that? And she's like, oh, it's easy. I wear a dress every day. Mm-hmm. I was like, fucking A. That makes so much sense. Because her energy was very feminine. But at the same time, I would sit down with her and be like, yo, give me some business advice. Like, she's a beast, mm-hmm. you know, on that level. And it was, it was interesting. For her, it was, a, it was like a costume thing that changes her energy, which is a former fashion stylist. I understand the power of what you're wearing. Like, what you're wearing is very feminine mm-hmm. now. I'm sure, is it not easier for you to drop into that sensual sort of feminine energy? I versus... wonder if she's a sensual, because to me, this is, I put this on for him. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking at, looking at. <laughs> 
So yeah, I mean, there's definitely for me, it's more of an energy okay. thing. Energy. So not so much like influence more... from the outside in, but like what you're projecting mm -hmm. from your beingness. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Interesting observation. All right. So what about? Let me see. What do I want to ask you? What about? Someone who just has really low sex drive, that's just not interested one way or another, regardless of who their partner might be. Mm -hmm. So one thing I want to just say about that is take the pressure off. Like, nobody has to be me. Nobody has to be like, I'm all about like crazy optimal, like how many orgasms can I have? You, you, the way you are, again, like you're not broken if you have a low libido. And if you like that you have a low libido, awesome. No issue there. However, if you want to change that, then there's way, there are ways to work with that. One thing is find out your, your libido. Find out your blueprint. Because low libido could be because you're energetic and no one's ever touched you in a way that feeds you. Or low libido might be because your hypervigilant mind won't shut the fuck up. And you need to learn how to, how to calm that and heal the shadow side of the blueprint. So um, Emily Nagaski is a, has a great book, Come As You Are. She talks about the accelerator and the brakes, and she often says, it's not an issue with the accelerator. It's actually not an issue of turn on and adding more things to the accelerator. It's often an issue of the brakes. And to me, the brakes are all the shadow sides of the blueprints. So if you work with those things that actually put the brakes on your sexuality, put the brakes on your libido, that has been shown to be more effective than adding more things to the accelerator of your sexuality. Cool, I like that. And, then, and there's all kinds of herbs and fun things you can take. I know you're really into supplements. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, I say ever, I eat an orgasmic diet. Do you ever mess with uh, Yohimbi? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I OD'd on that once Ooh, uh -oh. right before I recorded a podcast. Uh -oh. I wasn't doing it to get horny. I was actually doing it just to get energy. And I, I like spilled the whole thing inside a smoothie. And I was like, eh, I scooped most of it out. And I was like, it'll be fine. Because the little, the fucking dose was like, um, like a match head. Oh. Like a wooden match. How much did you take? Like a teaspoon. Oh. Yeah. And I almost <laughs> took myself to the hospital, but then this guy showed up to my place to record a podcast. And I was like, like I was so freaked out. My heart was beating out of my chest. So word of the wise, Yohimbi is good, right? What what what, what we is the on maca once? You um, did? We had maca root that had been dehydrated, dried, and then made juiced and then dehydrated and made into a powder. And uh, we had to write on the package only emergency use. Wow. We put a whole bunch in a smoothie, and then my partner at the time it was at a Christian rock festival, actually. We were serving smoothies, and uh, we were mixing up the maca that we just got because we were super excited for ourselves. And he went, we went to the place we were staying that night, and he was on the, in the bathroom. I was like, what is going on there? And I went to check on him, and he said, I have a problem with the maca. And we couldn't have sex because we were sharing like a space. and. He's like, I can't get it to go away. <laughs> He's on the toilet, like doing oh. all these energetic breathing techniques, trying to get his erection to go away. So we were emergency use only on the wow. maca powder. Cycle maca, if you're using it, don't keep taking it all the time, like cycle on and off. Good to know, yeah. good to know. Uh, what other kind of herbs and things like that can one use to enhance or increase their sex drive or, or pleasure? Get enough fat, that's another one. I'll just, that's a dietary thing, is make sure you have a really good fats because they help drive sex hormones in the body, so having that. Uh, We're in the right venue for I that. I know, we got, we got lots of fat <laughs> Preaching here. to the choir, yeah. ice cream with lots of fat in it. Um, I also, tribulus is one, male silk moth, um, that one can be a good one as well. 
I sometimes do deer. I have to watch deer antler because I get a little too masculine and aggro on really young, young herbs. I really need to take more yin and calming things. I like um, uh, epimedium. I like eucomia, hishiwu, like tonic herbs. Like really, you're well versed. Yeah. I, 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 I'm kind ever, of an addict. You ever um, mess with uh, pine pollen? I have taken yeah. pine pollen as well. Pine pollen, I don't know how it affects women per se. I did have one girlfriend that would take it with me mm -hmm. and she seemed to like it, but um, it's like boner city. For dudes, like honestly, pine pollen extract, from, the kind they use is from Sir Thrival. Mm -hmm. That's the one I have too. It's like, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in my 40s. I, I Thankfully, I've never had like issues, you know, performing, so to speak, mm -hmm. but also I'm not just running around with a pup tent going either all the time you know it takes like a little concentration sometimes then the pine pollen dude like wake up every day like a 15 year old awesome morning wood like on the daily yeah and the only thing that was changed was pine pollen so dudes like at next level my ladies maybe buy some buy some for the man so thrival.com pine pollen extract i think i have a discount code i'll put it in the podcast <laughs> but honestly that was the one thing i was like whoa shit because you never really know if supplements yeah, and herbs are working. working you're kind of like i don't know is it is it placebo but pine pollen like i'm 100 sold i walk around in a state of turn on so it's sometimes hard for me to test these plus i'm really really sensitive but nitric oxide is another one like test your nit nitric oxide levels because the genitals have microcirculation so you want to make sure that you're getting really healthy microcirculation and nitric oxide is another one um magnesium is also really really good to support uh sexual health overall magnesium vitamin c and nitric oxide i like all of those together oh cool Cool. Thank you for that. That was uh, not even part of my line of questions, but I'm glad that came up. Okay, I promised that I wanted to get back to the pornography issue. Uh -huh. Now, I, you know, I don't know. I've, I have not met women really that have had a problem with that or that it's like interfered in their life, but I know me and most of the guys I know, like, we really do our best to avoid it mm -hmm. for a number of different reasons. Uh, I have found over the course of my life that it just... I don't know, especially as I've done a lot of spiritual work and yoga and I'm a huge meditator. I've been doing a lot of stuff for 20 years that kind of raises my vibration mm -hmm. and just on an energetic level, although there's a part of me that really enjoys it, it just like makes me feel bad. Yeah, it's just like, so it the... just doesn't, it's not in tune with where I'm at. And every guy I know, once we talk about it a bit, mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, dude, I noticed I've been off it for a while. I feel amazing. And I go back and give it you know, give it a little tester and they're like, yeah, I feel irritable, anxious, I, I'm self-conscious, I feel weird talking to women, like it just fucks guys up. Mm -hmm. What's your take on it? So my partner and I did an experiment because I wanted him to come fuck me more, of course, because I and like cookies anytime, like you can come get me anytime. But he's like, porn's easier because it is quick, right? And so we decided to do an experiment where he did no porn and to see if it would, he would come to me instead, like without that, piece that was quick and easy and, and he it worked for him like he admitted like okay I'm coming to you more I'm feeling more connected like I'm, I can't just go for the easy fix right and for me the measure of things is always is it bringing you healthy pleasure if it's not bringing you what like it might be an instant pleasure or it might be a pleasure that is an avoidance pleasure or a, a, another kind of pleasure but is it bringing you a healthy pleasure that feels like it's connection to me that means heart and also sex. So is it is it sexual pleasure or is it heart-connected pleasure? And 
I also know that porn can have an effect on the brain. And I've seen it many times in my practice, people, young men with erectile problems, because they, as I mentioned earlier, wired themselves to have a particular way of turn on. Screen, I'm touching myself the same way, certain body types, all of that gets then wired into the soma, into the tissue. And so I'm not anti-porn because there's good stuff out there that's being made, that's ethical, that's true, the sounds are real. You want real sounds, you don't want fake sounds that also affects the brain. And can It's also used. super annoying. Like there's nothing worse than a porn where goes like, ah, ah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, maybe some guys fall for that, but I'm like, really girl? Like you can't yeah. even watch it. Yeah, it's just bad sex education. That's right. my gripe is that it's, sex does not happen like all, oh, they have to keep their legs spread so you can see the camera shots. I mean, these are professionals, right? We, so we, that, then we try to go home and have sex like that and that's not what good sex is. <laughs> <laughs> you just reminded me of like the difference between anal sex in real life and in porno. Because in porno, they, it has to be done so you can see what's going on. Exactly. But in real life, it doesn't really work. It doesn't work like Unless that you're like a major oral yogi. Oral sex as well. Like oral sex, you really got to be in like up in it, you know, for it to be really young. Oh, this is funny. This is like, I'm like, I keep wanting to say things. And I'm like, wait, this is going on my podcast. Can I do this? I guess I can. I'm doing it. Okay, so. Um, okay. Best show ever. Yeah. What about... God, there's so much to unpack. We only have a few minutes here. I want to make sure that I really hit the good stuff. So on the topic then of pornography, uh, not good or bad, up to, you're, you're basically like up to the person, the energy of it. It's just one of those things you have to look at your motive, perhaps your behavior around mm -hmm. it, your tendency toward addiction. Can you like use that. it for being in your body more? Can you use it for mixing up patterns? Can you use it for watching with your partner to build arousal because you're both sexually wired? That's where I would go more so than like all of it is bad, but, right. but yeah, it does affect the brain Yeah. and the uh, body. One interesting thing, and you might know this, it's worth mentioning to the audience, it's from an earlier episode where I interviewed John Gray, and I was kind of quizzing him, I was like, dude, I, you know, I like pornography, like the dark, horny part of me is like, yeah, I'm all in, but I just can't do it because it just fucks me up. What's up with that? And he's really big on hormones. He's like, oh, simple. He goes, when a guy watches pornography and there's no partner involved and it's just you, what happens is you get this flood of dopamine, major dopamine, mm -hmm. but because there's not another person there, there's no oxytocin. oxytocin. You know this? Yes. It's crazy. He goes, when, and I go, yeah, but I can have sex with like 10 women in a night. I feel amazing. You know, it's like as long as we're ethical and everything's cool, mm -hmm. I get no hangover. I don't feel weird. Like the next day I feel like a fucking rock star. Not yeah. that I've had sex with 10 women, but sometimes a couple. Uh-huh. I feel fine, or even like someone I don't care about even, and it's just, we're just having fun or whatever, it's cool, but then porn, like, ah, totally screwed. And he's like, dude, because when you have sex with a human, you have the oxytocin to balance out yeah. that huge flood of dopamine. When you're by yourself, there's just dopamine, and then the next day your dopamine's really depleted because there's no oxytocin. And you've got a whole bunch of prolactin floating around Does in your body. Does this make sense to yeah. you? Yeah, so, so here's average, I'll call it average sex. Okay. Excited, 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 oh my god, I and dopamine, tons of dopamine, very addictive, lots of it. And then the body needs to counterbalance so that we feed our children and go to work and eat and do other things. Otherwise, we just keep hitting the dopamine trigger all day long. So the body produces a whole bunch of prolactin. And prolactin in women can stay in our bodies longer than in men. But this is what's responsible for the, pro the refractory period, where you can't get an erection for a little while, that kind of stuff. For some people, it's weeks, depending on how much prolactin their body produces. So we go, excite, 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 
dopamine, and then drop, prolactin, crash, sleep, roll over, smoke <laughs> cigarettes, all that kind of good stuff, right? Yeah. So when you learn, I teach something called pleasure waving, which is where we learn to stay in prolonged states of arousal and actually increase oxytocin production. When you learn how to ride waves, so you go into excite, get a little dopamine, enjoy. Excite, enjoy. Excite, enjoy. Maybe you hit a climax, you keep going. Excite, enjoy. And you can just keep getting higher and higher and higher. So your baseline actually becomes higher, and you train your body to have a higher baseline and, and pleasure ceiling. And then you can stay in pleasure for really prolonged amounts of time and stay in orgasm for prolonged amounts of time, and you don't get a crash because your body's producing all this oxytocin, which balances the whole thing out. Cool. Now that's a hack. Right there. That's a biology. I like that. Pleasure waving. So is that sort of does that happen when you're edging, like when you're like yes. kind of keeping yourself on the verge of orgasming and you don't for yes. long periods of time? My goal here was how can I take everything I know about tantric sex and put it onto a massage table? So I wanted to create a massage or an experience where we were kind of surfing or riding these different waves. So it has stillness, and then you edge up to like more arousal, and then we go into the full body pleasure. Then we might go into like clitoral touch if I was working with a female bodied person. Then, then I would go into a little bit of like whispering in their ear, building up some more oxytocin and bringing it down into enjoyment, and then excite, excite, excite some more. And so we just keep riding this wave, and that's how we really ride in different states, altered states of pleasure. Is this prolactin stuff what makes a guy be like, ew, like the minute he climaxes yeah. where you're like, oh, God, no. Yeah, and <laughs> like, some of us get it more than others. So <laughs> women like, hate that, you know, yeah. and you're like, no, I still like you, just let's not talk anymore. Yeah, it's the distance. For the a few <laughs> minutes and like clean everything up and like, no. Or sometimes she gets pissy with you after sex and right. don't understand why it's the prolactin stays in the female body. So it happens to women too. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool, interesting. Mm -hmm. God, I love learning this stuff. Yeah. It really is like great to be able to hack this stuff when you get this sort of information because then like everyone in the room and everyone listening can take this home and next time you know maybe a woman listening to this is like oh that's why my boyfriend like becomes all cold and weird he's not being a dick maybe we can both learn about that and then work with it and find a way to kind of build oxytocin now yeah. instead Mm -hmm. Cool. Wow, what great value. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Okay, and then last thing I want to cover, and then we'll do your demo, is ah, there's two things. One thing is, at what point would someone cross the line between someone that just really is very sensual and sexual and someone who has a real problem with being addicted to sex, mm -hmm. whether that be with partners, pornography, masturbation, whatever. The way I see it is it's only a problem when it starts to be detrimental to your life and it's really not pleasure, it's just I'm seeking a fix. I'm seeking to overcome something in my life that I'm avoiding or I'm compensating for. Uh, it could be that I'm not enough. I mean, I talked about that earlier, you're all enough. And that, that just having that fundamental belief can help with that, you know, or cause if I'm feeling like I'm not enough, if I'm feeling like a failure, then these patterns can come in. So when it becomes detrimental to your life is when it's a problem. That's, that would be my answer to that. Okay, I, I'm, I'm down with that. Just like with anything, I mean, mm -hmm. really. With anything, if I, if I eat too much fat, yeah. I might start to have a problem with it. It might not be too pleasurable because I've, I've got diarrhea. My, yeah, my, yeah, especially with the brain octane oil. I'd like drink that stuff sometimes. I eventually learned the threshold there. Uh, yes, a moment. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Dave, so Dave Asprey calls it disaster pants. Yes. Uh, okay. Last thing is, I've, I've noticed in my life that 
when I've met someone that I think I'm interested in for a more meaningful, longer-term relationship, and I have sex with them too fast, that I often make decisions that perhaps weren't in our mutual best interest, and things maybe didn't work out, it didn't end up being that healthy, and maybe both of us got hurt and we had to break up. So I'm at a place in my life in my 40s where I'm like, yeah, maybe I should try meeting someone, actually courting them, getting to know them, dating for a while, learning about their values, their morals, like are we both on the same learn page? Learn their erotic blueprint. Yeah, learn their, yeah, exactly. No, that too. Uh -huh. And then like see if there's really something there, then get sexual. Do you think, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's cool to just meet someone, bang the first night and live happily ever after? Or do you think people would have more success in slowing down a little bit and getting to know one another if your goal is to have a committed, you know, long-term relationship? Yeah, I mean, that was going to be my first thing is, What's the goal? Is the goal that you want a long-term committed relationship? Is it that you just want to have casual sex? Because again, it's all valid. Like there is no you're wrong or you're bad or any of that. Like everybody's desires are normal. However, what I what I say about that is I don't know. I've had some people who just have great sex on the first, like they have great sex on the first date and they have a long-term relationship. I would say do the opposite of what you've been doing if it hasn't been working for you. That's what I'd say. Got it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm, I'm working on that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think I think a lot of, I mean, again, I speak as a, as a male. It's, you know, it's the only way I can relate. Uh, a lot of guys I know tend to have that issues, like meet someone, have chemistry, kind of get in over their head, so to speak, no pun intended, get in through... <laughs> <laughs> and then go like, oh wait, we weren't. I was actually trying to not have a relationship here. I was just trying to have fun. You know, there's a lot of confusion when it's not communicated. When, just communicate when, really well. Yeah, when both parties aren't like, okay, like we're on board for the same goal here. Like, let's just be and open. And there's a different timeline sometimes between people. Like sometimes, you know, if if you've been having sex for a few months, it might be time to move into one person. Right. Because we all create different meanings. Right. I have clients who won't kiss women because they feel like if I kissed her, then and they're certainly like virgins usually, um, because if I kissed her, that means that I have to get married. I'm obligated now, and that kind of pressure then keeps them disconnected from other beings because they have a meaning on it that isn't healthy. Wow. Cool. Okay. Last question, and then we're going to do the demo. Okay. Question is a three-parter. So you've taught me a lot of stuff today. You've taught the audience, the audience listening later on to this podcast. You've been a great teacher. You've taught thousands of people around the world for years and years. Who have been three teachers or teachings that you might recommend to our audience that they can go check out? Oh, that's a great question. Further upstream, you know, like who are your go-to people if yeah. you're our go-to? One of my biggest mentors was Joseph Kramer. And um, he taught me all of the somatic piece, is who I studied with to become a somatic sexologist. Amazing mentor of mine. So that's one, three of them. My goodness, I have so many. Um, I was just with Tony, Tony Robbins for uh, an event, and now I feel like, yeah, I think I drank the Tony Robbins Kool-Aid at this point. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I would say, just an amazing human being who does really epic contributions to other people in the world. So that's another person. And then the last shout out goes to Kristen Sweeting Morelli, who has recently come into my life. And she teaches femininity to women, but has been my business coach and has kicked my ass from upside down to Sunday and is the reason why I've had epic success in this last year. Wow, yeah. awesome. That's an interesting uh, dichotomy there, too. Mm -hmm. You know, one that teaches femininity and 
teaches you how to dominate and make money at the same time. Absolutely. Speaking of dominating and make money, uh, making money, tell us where we can take the test, about your upcoming program, anything you want to promote, websites, etc. Yeah, so if you take the quiz online, you get a free video series. So I invite all of you to take the quiz, find out what your blueprint is, post about it, let us know, and then you get a free video series that goes along with that. And then um, they can take the quiz, quiz. You're going to put it in the show notes, right? So you For sure, yeah. Notes where everybody can find it. Yeah. And then, then after that, then you'll get the video series. You'll be in our fold. You'll find out all the information there. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then where can we follow you on social media? So I am on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash Jaya. And I'm also on Twitter, and I believe we have an Instagram. We're getting all hip with Instagram now. So. You guys do. We tagged you. It's, it's at Miss Jaya, M-I-S-S. <laughs> I'm glad you know my Instagram. Yeah, I know. But why do I know it and you don't? All right. I'm sure Ian knows it. All right. Well, um, thank you very much for joining us. Very and now well. let's go ahead and do this demo, and we'll see how it translates. Uh, Does anybody happen to have a blindfold in their pocket? Oh my god, Scarf. that's funny because I almost brought my little sleep mask to yeah. talk about jet lag and stuff, but I, I love it. We need a blindfold or like a little sleep What's mask. You He's do? got a sleep mask. I just want to Look make up, sure bro. that uh, this is legit so nobody thinks I'm peeking. Okay, cool. Okay. Let's do it. I, I might lay down on the couch. Can I lay down on the you, couch? Yeah, we have a perfect sure. setting right here. So every time we do this, um, Ian gets a little nervous it's not going to work. So. <laughs> He's just learned how to become an energetic. He gets a little performance anxiety, so I'll just call That's it. That's okay. And I want to add that none of you have to aspire to be like this, and that it, this took 20 years of cultivation. Well, actually, you know, I had it after a few years, but I have been doing this for 20 years. So. Okay, so I'm. You need a mic. I'm in this. Um, or can no. I'll do a play by play. He's gonna okay. do a play by play. So you go ahead and lay down. I take this. I'm not sure how I can manage this from. Uh, this is great. This is definitely a first on the this podcast. This is like impromptu. Okay, I can't see anything. This is amazing. Those of you watching at home, I hope you're enjoying this because this is this is very okay. cool in person. Oh, okay. Nothing popping out. Usually I'd stand behind her. You're intact, by the way, Jai. You're, you're good. Okay. Ian, just let me know when we're starting. Okay, so okay. listeners, um, the lovely giant is lying on this really cool leather couch here in the, in the coffee shop. She's on her back. She's blindfolded. <laughs> wow. You can hear her. Ian's hovering above her, throwing some, some kung fu energy through his palms. <sighs> and she is writhing with pleasure. <laughs> I need a shh. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to tell the listeners at home that I believe Jaya has integrity and she's not making this up. This shit is real. Okay, we can do this for hours. I think you guys understand. <laughs> I, I need training from Ian. Whatever, whatever is going on here, we need to talk, bro. If you do private lessons, that is some superpowers. Uh, so now he's just grounding me. Let's give Jaya a hand. And that concludes 
perhaps the strangest episode of the Lifestyles Podcast ever. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you all for coming tonight. I'll see hopefully most of you all weekend. Let's hang out. We're going to wrap over here and get out of here because you guys are closing the There you go, Miss Jaya. Don't say I didn't warn you, man. We were going to keep it real, and that was the only way it was going to go down. What a fun night. If you were one of the people in the crowd that night, because I did invite everyone on my mailing list, and many of you came, thanks for coming up and saying hi. Thanks for joining us. We had a really great time. And uh, if you weren't there but just got to listen, thanks for tuning in, man. It's great to share this information with people. You guys get to ride shotgun on my journey of exploration and personal development, and it's really fun to be able to take an audience with me, and this uh, episode was no exception. I'd like to remind you of a couple things. I'm sure after listening to that, you probably want to know what your erotic blueprint is, huh? I thought so. I mentioned it earlier in the show, and you're like, I don't need that. I'm good. Everyone says I'm good in bed. I'm rocking it. Well, you want to get even better? Do you want to have a more fulfilling sex life? I bet you do. Here's what you do. Go take her blueprint test. It's really fun. It takes a couple minutes. And uh, I'm just curious what to see, you know, to see what you guys end up finding. So shoot me an email if you come up with something interesting. That's a subject that I never get sick of talking about and hearing about. So here's the URL. If you want to take the test, it's free. I mean, why not, right? eroticbreakthrough.com forward slash Luke to take the test and find out what makes you tick. eroticbreakthrough.com forward slash Luke. Okay, before we head out, let's do a little recap on the upcoming events. We've got Aspen Shakti on Friday, October 27th at 6 p.m. Next up, October 26th through 29th at Lead With Love, also in Aspen, where I'll be presenting my Amp Coil meditation on my birthday, October 29th. Then I'll be hopping right back over to L.A. to do my lifestyle design level one urban biohacking boot camp at Noya House on November 2nd at 2.30. After that, I'll be doing Mercado Sagrado in Malibu Canyon on November 4th and 5th. To register for and get tickets for all of these events, you can make it easy on yourself and just go to lukestory.com forward slash events. That's the best way to just find everything in one place. And then from there, you can link out and get yourself registered for all these events. Now, listen, you guys always get to hear my voice, but it's so rare that I get to hear yours. So make sure you come out and see me at some of these fantastic celebrations. And absolutely, by all means, come up and say hi, because I really dig meeting the listeners of this show. Can't wait to see you guys soon.